Five, four, three, two, one, June, season five, HT Wow. Hey, everybody. This is HT Wow, high tea with old waiver. The other thing that I do. I'm Dave, and with me, as always, is Toby. I'm Old Waver. He's High T. Say hello, Toby. Hello. And uh, this is the June 2022 edition of the High T with Old Waver pod. We're so grateful that you have found us. And before we get to fun story time, uh, including deep behind the curtain insights into the drama at the ticket in Dallas. Um, we also, oh, and the hot jams. We have hot jams too. Uh, we want to let you know about two things. One, check out our sponsor, positivespin.com. With a Z. Positive with a Z. Spin.com. Spin regular S. Yeah. There's no Z. I'm just Z. There's it up, no man. Z at the end of I'm just spin. To, it's not positive it's not spins. It's with a Z. It's just positive spin dot com. With a, a with, Z, with a then Z an instead S. of the first S. Yeah, I get not it. the second S. Yeah. Um, but go there and find out how you can win the HTL album of the month, and stay tuned to find out what album that is. Second thing is, oh crap, I forgot to read mailbag on the show. <laughs> But we'll we'll do that next month. Okay. In July, we'll hit the mailbag because we have some new reviews. We have some new emails. Uh, if you would like to shoot us an email, htlpod at gmail.com. But more importantly, if you would like to drop us a five-star review on the <laughs> Apple Podcast platform and write some words, we will read it on next month's show. And if it's brilliant and a stream of consciousness masterpiece and you send me an email at htlpod at gmail.com, I will find out who you are and I will send you some swag. Yeah, we'll put it on a shirt or something. What if it's poetic? I mean, yeah, maybe we'll make a custom shirt out of your review, but probably I will just send you like a pint glass or a t-shirt or whatever you want. Cool. I don't know. Uh, like I said in the past, hold me to it. I promise, but don't hold me to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I always... It's almost like sometimes when we do it after the after dark, I'm like, he really needs to explain <laughs> what's happening. Because this is the first thing someone's going to hear. And it's right. just like, like, listen to these dudes. Yeah, this was recorded after the after dark. That's why it's so slurry. <laughs> this back. disclaimer brought to you by HT Wow. Back, back to the song. <laughs> Shabu shaba. Shabu shaba. Shabu shaba. That's almost more of like a Laverne and Shirley thing. Shabu shaba. Just like 
change it up. High T, Toby Pipes. I'm Old Waver, Dave Lane. At Toby Pipes on Twitter, at Old Waver on Twitter. And this is a song swap, a song swap, and a beer swap. <laughs> we uh, play songs for each other and we drink beer. And uh, I've already had a couple and already feeling a little slurry. You getting a little slurry? A little slurry. And that, of course, was. The One Thing by NXS, which is the featured track from our HTWOW Album of the Month, which you, the listener, can win because we give away an album every month thanks to our vinyl sponsor, PositiveSpin.com, positive with a Z. Mm -hmm. So if you go to PositiveSpin.com and they are prompt and changing the banner at the top, if you click it, it will bring you to an entry page. You just give them an email address and you will have a surprisingly and shockingly good chance to win a copy of NXS Shabu Shaba. Classic record. I think I've always said the name of the record wrong. Well, how are you saying it? Because I just said Shabu Shaba. That's how I've always said it. But I'm not sure if I'm Yeah, right. well, it, it, it's Shabu Shuba. Oh. It's... S-H-A-B-O-O-H S-H-O-O-B-A-H So they like transpose the A and the double O huh. from the first word to the second word. And I think, I don't know how I've been saying it, but I think I've been saying it wrong all my life. Well, how are you supposed to say it? Shabu Shuba. I'm almost positive it's always been Shabu Shuba. But maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're saying it right, and I'm just overthinking it because it sounds weird to me now that I see how it's spelled. I never paid attention to the spelling. I can't remember, because there's not a song that says that. Yeah, I don't so know what it means. it's just a thing. We'll look that up. We'll see what that is. I've, I don't remember Martha Quinn ever saying the name of the record. <laughs> they, so. didn't, they didn't go through the etymology of Shabu Shuba? Uh-uh. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Maybe, maybe we need to get an Aussie on the horn. Let's see. It's probably some animal. <laughs> it's like a wallaby cub. Uh-huh. be <laughs> uh. in your face. Goldaby, Goldaby. It says the name Shabu Shuba is an onomatopoeia of a rhythm in the song Spy of Love. Oh, okay. So that is... Creating a word that phonetically resembles or suggests the sound it describes. Okay, would you like to hear that real quick? Like tick tock. 
TikTok is onomatopoeia. Would you like to hear Spy of Love a little bit? Yeah, let's see if it sounds like Shabu Shaba. Oh, let me turn the bed. I love this song. hearing it yeah but i guess they heard it <laughs> it's a really really good song though i love that song this this really is one of those the whole record mm-hmm. amazing uh other examples of onomatopoeia are quack yes and moo and bark mm-hmm. and rat-a-tat-tat zoom and bang bang so basically uh when you uh come up with a word to describe a sound okay so we learned something today. I don't know how much we learned. We knew that, didn't we? I don't know. Like if I would have just asked you what's what is onomatopoeia, un, unprovoked, unprompted, would you have known what it was? Would you have been able yeah. to tell me? Yeah, I think so. I would get that mixed up right away with um what are you know when you're when letters stand for something. Oh, acronym? Yeah, I would have gone, wait, is that a... But it's not. Because I think it makes me think of people used to use the um, Batman cartoon examples. Oh, yeah. Smack. The, the big cartoon whap. Yeah, whap. That kind of... Yeah, thwack. <laughs> there's never been a band called Thwack. <laughs> How do we know there's not? There might be. I, I think Onomatopoeia is also the name of the Lost R. Kelly album, but I'm not sure. That's funny, Dave. Because of the P thing. Uh, yeah, because it's a P joke. Look right here. Thwack. Would you like to hear what they sound like? <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. They only have one record. Came out in 2020. Well, it's taken. It says, um, this is the about them. Would you like to hear their long bio? Yeah, and then we can maybe cut this out if it's horrible. Drums and drums and drums and drums, exploring the endless excitement of hitting things. So they're like Blue Man Group, but not successful. So they are like a thwack. Uh -huh. this, this is called Hangnail, first song. Their longest song is 2 minutes, 22 seconds. Most of them are a minute. Sounds like a lot of whacking. Okay. Oh, Jesus. I mean, I'm into it. <laughs> Are you? Are you? <laughs> Experiments in drums and electric percussion. Uh, so, yes, a reminder. Go to PositiveSpin.com and win a copy of... Thwack. Shabu Shuba by NXS. Um, as we're talking about sponsor love off the top, as we always do... Uh, I did, as a matter of course, 
because we are coming at you live from Station Studios in College Station, mm-hmm. Toby's wonderful home studio. It's the first time you've been down here in a while, right? I know. It has been a little bit. Have you met New Puppy? No. First this time, was it. First time meeting New Puppy. Gosh, I, she got I'm, excited. I made her piddle all over the yeah, house. Yeah, she got excited and peed when Dave uh, got yeah. here. I'm, I'm a big old brute of a man. Mm-hmm. I, I intimidate dogs when I first meet them, and then they realize that I'm a softie. Uh-huh. She loves it. So if there is a random bark in the background, hey. Yeah, and there's also the low hum of AC because it's 100 outside. Yeah, so, so we're just sticking with the AC. Yeah. It has so to be. I mean, we're all just going to have to deal with uh, the lack of studio quality sound. Uh-huh. There is a low hum, but hey. So sorry. It's white noise. Just to, you know. <sighs> it's hot, man. Just uh Find the comfort as we are right now with the AC. Hundreds in Dallas, like here? Oh, yeah. Man, it's yeah. amazing. Six digits. No, four, three digits. For all of our friends and our listeners in Iceland. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're big in Iceland. It's 100 down here, guys. Uh, but I did, on my way down here, stop by our beer sponsor over in Casa Linda Far East, Dallas. The fine folks at Good Friend Package. I saw... Uh, both Josh and Matt. Did you? They were both there. How are they doing? They're doing great. And uh, they also, uh, I was told that Josh made a big order that uh, they had kind of, post-COVID, kind of had uh, neglected the beer selection in the coolers at Good Friend Package. Yeah. But they've ramped it back up. So they have a brand new selection uh, and... uh, Josh has been busy finding cool new stuff to to stock in there. And so the first thing that we are drinking right now Mm -hmm. is one of the new uh, brews that they have at Good Friend Package. So you can go there for breakfast or for lunch and grab a sandwich, grab a coffee from Cultivar. And you can also grab beers to go uh, from the cooler. I think they'll let you break Sixers and make your own and stuff, or just buy one if you want to try something. But uh, we got a sweet six-pack of this beer from Avery Brewing out of uh, Boulder, Colorado. Mm -hmm. It's called The Reverend. It's a Belgian-style quad, so it's a 10-percenter. Easier to read, this one. Yeah. It says, uh, brewed with Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, Imported Belgian specialty malted barley, dark Belgian candy sugar, hops, and Belgian yeast. Dark, decadent, divine. So it's Belgian style. <laughs> yeah, they, they really hammer that home. But uh, what uh, Matt told me was that the, uh, the guys at Avery have made this beer for a long time, but it's only been available in like the special edition Magnum bottles. Okay. They've never put it in a can before. So this is the first time that they've canned this bitch. It's got a uh it's got a picture of a reverend on yeah. the, on the back. Who does who does that look like to you? Like a cross between Lee Harvey Oswald and Frankenstein. <laughs> what does it look like to you? Does it look like a really worn out David Gilmore? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's standing That's... he's standing in front of a stained glass window and he's doing prayer hands, but he looks like the creepiest some bitch you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, to me it looks he's really He's diddled some kids. For like sure. David Gilmore went crazy. <laughs> There's also an actor that that looks like and I can't 
can't put my finger on it. Maybe I'll think of it in a minute. But right. still, anyway. All right. So, yeah. So, thank you to a uh, good friend. Thank you, Positive Spin. What do you think of it? It's good. It's got, um, <laughs> like, when it first hits your, your nose, it's got the weird banana peel smell. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have banana peel taste. It definitely feels like a Belgian. Tastes like a Belgian. It's smooth. What do you think? It's pretty good. It's a 10%er. Do you see mm-hmm. that? Did you already say that? Mm-hmm. I need yeah. to start listening to you while you're talking. It's okay. No one does. No one does. <laughs> oh, Dave. It's a good cold beer, and that's what we need when it's a thousand degrees outside. Yes. The, the next one will be easier drinking, as we often do. I mean, it's only going to ramp up here. You know, it's just going to get hotter. Yeah. For June, this is pretty hot. Yeah. I mean, it, it begs the question, what's uh, June and, and, or sorry, July, damn it, what are July and August going to be like? <laughs> it's going to be hot. It is. It's going to be hot. Are we going to break some records this summer? I bet is so. It, is it, are we going to destroy 1980? What was the really hot summer? I remember that. Was it like 2012 or 2007? Well, there was that, but I remember that one in the 80s that you're talking about that everybody... Lost yeah, that's it. when I moved to Texas from New York. <laughs> was in the middle of the hottest summer on record when there was something like thirty-five hundred degree days in a row. Yeah, yeah, that's when you're just like doing some summer soccer camps and everyone's passing out. Um, speaking of camps, are y'all doing lots of camps? Claire doing lots of camps? Oh yeah. Boy, that's a thing. I. I I don't remember that as a kid doing what the kids do now, where it's like... Yeah, they are programmed. Clara is, for the most part, like a week on, a week off. Mm -hmm. Like she had a a theater camp last week. This week, she's just chilling. But then next week, she's going to the beach with her mom. And then the week after that, she's going on a church trip. It's just nonstop. Is it just because people feel weird about leaving their kids home? now i guess i mean we used to well, like if, if my parents would have signed me up for camps all summer that i had to wake up for i would have been yeah you would have protested i would have been i would have been pissed man there's no way i would i will you know you do a couple but, but think but think about what your summers were like so you watched like game shows and 70s reruns on TV. A you, little bit. It was mainly but, get up, jump on bike, and yeah, mainly jump on your bike and ride around all day, build forts, or go to the pool. Yeah, exactly. Whether you had a neighborhood pool or a friend's house had a pool, or you had a pool and everybody came to your house. Yeah, you just wore suit all day. Yeah, swimsuit. It was all just day. yeah, it was just outside playing wiffle ball, goofing off. Mm-hmm. Riding bikes in the woods. Not a lot of shirts. Finding playboys. Yeah. Yeah, so now, I mean, if she's not in a camp, she's watching YouTube or playing Roblox. Yeah, it's weird. It's not the same. Yeah, I wouldn't have seen my so parents. So I think, I think you have to make them do something active and get out of the house. Otherwise, they would just lay in their bed all day. It's weird. I mean, I was gone. And I was pissed when I had to come home at like six. Right. I was like, what? Sun's still out. Yeah, the sun doesn't go down until 9.30. Mm-hmm. My guns is out. <laughs> My buns is out. Did you go shirt off or were you uh, were you a tank top dude? 
There was a lot of shirt off. I can see that. You still go shirt off from time to time. I'll go shirt off. I'll I will fire a shirt off on you. I will never do that. <laughs> never ever do that. Unless I'm actually getting in water. It's <laughs> not gonna happen. Are we gonna go swimming this time? Uh, this time, no. Next time, yes. Okay. I am bringing uh, the girl down to party with your girl uh, next month. Yeah, and that'll be pool the whole time. And then we also need to figure out either... Maybe we need to talk about this after we get done with the pod. Uh-huh. And before the After Dark, by the way. Are you talking uh, about... Oh, go ahead. If you want to subscribe to the After Dark, it's the drunken after party of this podcast. And you can go to oldwaver.com and click premium or go to patreon.com and search HDWOW. So you know I'm pretty much done with the editing of the last After Dark? Yeah. Well, we we'll were, get it out. We'll we were, get it out. We were tanked. Um, it is, uh, it's a little slurry, Dave. But we got to talk about August because August is our big fifth birthday. The fifth birthday of HTWOW. Fifth! And we've talked about finally doing a live recording. So we need to we need to talk about if we're actually going to do that and where we're going to do it and if we want to have a guest or okay. if we want it to just be us or what 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 should we even do? I don't know. I'm also kind of thinking how to do it. I know. Because you know the other thing that would be cool to do and this just popped in my head, Dave. Mhm. If we did it at venue, like at a place at a bar? Yes. There's one way we could do it. Everyone could hear exactly what we're saying, but we could also not bother everyone. You want to know how? How? The silent oh, disco thing. Yeah, everybody brings their Bluetooth headsets. No, you get the little set. You just rent those. And everyone that wants to listen, listens. That way they can also take a break. Yeah, I'm done listening like to I'm you guys. I'm done with this. But, <laughs> this you know, is terrible. I just want to eat my hamburger. They can also sit really far away, hear the whole thing, while freaking their friends out because of dying of laughter because of our hilarity. Yes. You're supposed to agree <laughs> yes, much there will, quicker than there, that. There will be, like... Uh, did I ever tell you about when I went to uh, a hotel and there was a convention of hearing impaired people? Why, why is there a convention of that? I don't know. They were just, they had a, uh, they were using one of the ballrooms at the hotel for some organization meeting thing. Was the, was the microphone really loud? No. Well, so just I'm you were describing the scene at our silent disco version of HT Wow 5th anniversary. I think it's a great idea. And so it reminded me when I was hanging out in the lobby of this hotel and there were all of these people that were there for this convention. Uh-huh. Hanging out at the bar and in the lobby of this hotel and they were all signing to one another. And it was deadly silent, and then every once in a while, someone would sign a joke, and you would just hear, <laughs> out of nowhere. You would just hear uproarious laughter, and you're like, what's so funny? Oh, they're, they're, somebody signed something that was hilarious. <laughs> I wonder if there's a thing with signing when you're telling a joke that some people are like, man, that guy's delivery is dynamite. I, I know. Did you see how he signed that last part? His Humbly. timing was impeccable. Yeah, anybody else, not funny. <laughs> right. That guy's got it. Oh man! So um, you're you mean they're they were de they weren't just like hearing 
impaired. Yeah, they were deaf. They were full on. They were full on deaf people. Oh, I thought you were meaning that they just kind of... Well, I was just trying to be... They they couldn't hear very well. I was trying to be politically correct about what they, them were. I thought you were about to say the bar was just really loud because they were all talking their asses. No, they were like yelling one foot from each other. (laughs) No, it was not that. (laughs) Okay. Um, By the way, so in 1980 in North Texas, there were... 69 100-degree days, Nice. 42 of which were consecutive. And then uh, the year that broke it was uh, 2011. Jeez, we want more than that? Yeah. So uh, 2011, um, I can't find a good article that was like after the... uh, the summer, but anyway, just know that 2011 was hotter than 1980. Okay, so maybe, now was maybe, that just maybe, maybe we'll crush 2011 this year? Was that a Dallas thing? You mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was I Dallas wasn't. Thing. I wasn't there. You weren't there in 2011. I was in Baton. Oh, that's right. But that was a heat wave across the United States in 2011. If yeah. You remember? It's, it's probably hot. All right, we've we've uh, <laughs> diverged well enough. To begin the pod, let's go ahead and get a jam out of the way. Let's jam some because we do have to play four songs on this pod. And welcome, by the way, if you are an H2Wow newbie, um, it's usually more entertaining than this. <laughs> no, but uh, we will talk about if you are listening to this pod because you're a ticket P1 and you suddenly realize who I am and that I do a podcast. Um, we will talk about the hard line and the staffing changes at the ticket, but we'll do that at the end. So uh, you can either fast forward or you can sit through. But I don't want to make people who don't care about that listen to it until yeah. they've heard all the jams. I can't wait. I have questions. Dave. I know. We haven't talked about it. We haven't discussed. We uh, In radio term, they call that tabling. No, packaging. Pa- packaging. Yes. In radio terms, we call that packaging uh-huh that's true i i mean i am a radio expert so i understand that you don't understand the lingo and i'll i'll help you out that's what my first question was can you <laughs> can you table something i feel like you can table that's something. more that's more of a business speak like we'll table that and we'll circle back to it see sort of the same sort of the same not really but i'm just businessy yeah you are you crush a lot of deals these days oh so i'm just kind of in that lingo at the around the office uh, and we do have to talk about um <laughs> the midpoint of the big deep blue something summer tour <laughs> and so we'll, we'll get some highlights yeah. of the first half of that yeah but first i want to play i always go first and i want to play something that has been on my radar for a little while, and I was waiting for the full record to come out so I could cherry pick my favorite jam from the record. The band is called The Smile. Are you familiar with The Smile? No, wasn't what I've heard the name, but wasn't there also wasn't there a Dallas band called The Smile? I think something? they were just called Smile. Okay, okay. So this is not them. No, this is called The Smile. Somebody sent me a thing the other day from the smile but i didn't listen to it okay so this is it's tom york and johnny greenwood from radiohead and they have uh, formed a trio with drummer tom skinner who is a jazz drummer in a band called sons of comet 
Is it just going to be like a drum beat for the first five minutes? No, then... no. It is. Uh, it is a surprisingly stripped down and very listenable record. Uh, it was produced by Nigel Godrich, who we've talked about plenty on this pod. Well, they're very good friends. They he seems to do a lot of the records. Yeah. Um, so they worked on this record during COVID nineteen lockdown, and of course, uh, lockdown was much more strict in the UK than it was in America. So uh, they had a lot of time on their hands. And so they uh, put this thing together. And in uh, early uh, 2022, they put out a couple of singles. They did kind of a preview show, which was live streamed. And then uh, just last month in May, they released their debut album. It's called A Light for Attracting Attention. Okay. And so they've kicked off uh, an international tour. They have just announced a North American tour that we'll talk about after. But the uh, tune that I wanted to play off of the uh, brand new record is uh, kind of a deep cut. There's 13 tracks on the record, and this is track 12. It's called We Don't Know What Tomorrow Brings. It's The Smile on HTWOW.
drag out there with the synth. How do you feel about it? I feel good about it. I'm wondering what the deal is. Like, I always wonder when bands do, like, a couple members of the band do a thing, and is it because the other guys just didn't want to do anything right now? I mean, that could be a Radiohead song. Yeah, I mean, they're... Pretty much every song on the record could be a Radiohead song, but it's not exactly done quite in a Radiohead style, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's synthy. Not all of it is synthy, but th there there are some jazzy elements just because of uh, the presence of Tom Skinner. You know, his his. Uh, See, he's just super jazz guy. Yeah. So you know, Tom Skinner did the drums, percussion, some keyboards and backing vocals. Johnny did, of course, guitars, but he also played a lot of bass on the record and uh, keyboards and stuff. And, um, you know, Tom did bass and keyboards. It's hard to tell. I mean, it seems like they kind of were just doing whatever they felt like. Like just sending each other tracks during the COVIDs? Yeah, well, and I think, uh, I don't know how they actually looped in the drummer, but the initial sessions were just Johnny going over to Tom's house mm -hmm. and working on stuff and giving each other COVIDs. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's definitely worth a listen. It's getting really good reviews and for people who get turned off by the weirdness of Radiohead and the sometimes deliberate inaccessibility of Radiohead, this is, it's kind of Radiohead light in that it is a little bit more straightforward, even mm -hmm. though it's still weird and a little jazzy. You said that really well when you explained Radiohead. Yeah. Deliberately inaccessible? Mm-hmm. I get it because of in excess. <laughs> Were you tying that in? No. Uh -huh. Not on purpose. Not on purpose. It's um, pretty good what you did. That's because you're a professional radio guy now. That's true. Uh, so they kick off their North American tour in November on uh, November 14th in Providence, Rhode Island. And so then they do a swing through the, the East Coast, Boston, Brooklyn, New York, Washington. Then they go to Canada, uh, you know, Detroit, Milwaukee, Chicago. And then they end up in Dallas on uh, the 8th of December. Okay. So I'm going to have to try to get tickets to that. I'm sure this is going to be a mega hot ticket. Because they're, they're playing, you know, they're playing mid-sized rooms. December. Um, okay. So they're playing the, the factory in Deep Ellum. Like, I bet that's, uh, um, I wonder if also it's just like a, uh, you know, like another Radiohead thing. I don't want to get that machine up and going again right now. Like, it's just got to, this has got to be a little less pressure. Yeah. I think so. One thing, <laughs> I don't know if I heard it in relation to the smile, but just an anecdote uh, that I heard about Johnny Greenwood. Mm -hmm. That uh, so when he first joined the band, pre Pablo Honey, pre pre Pablo Honey. This uh, is the guitar player, right? With the black yeah. hair. Yeah. He wasn't in the band the whole time. Uh, well, I mean, very early on. Okay. So before the first record, but after they were already a band. And so he joined, and initially uh, he was the keyboard player before <sighs> he started playing guitar. And because, you know, they have two guitarists mm -hmm. in uh, proper Radiohead. 
Um, but he said he was so nervous and he didn't really know what he was doing. So for the first couple months of rehearsals, he never plugged in his keyboard. <laughs> and no one knew. <laughs> no, and they were like, man, that guy's good. Can yeah. barely, can't He's even so tasteful. Tell. He's so tasteful. I can't even. Dude's awesome. Yeah. We stole the chunk from him, you know, for Tiffany's. Oh, yeah. The chunk, chunk, chunk. Uh-huh. chunk, chunk. I did it like as a joke, and we kept it in there. <laughs> did you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right, Dave. That was, that was a '90s thing. It was a thing. You got to do the the soft, loud chunk. You got to do the Radiohead chunk from Creep. <laughs> that reminds me, <laughs> Marissa and I were laughing about this uh, Saturday Night Live commercial. Do you remember the commercial for Chunk? <laughs> no. It was like a it was like a commercial for a women's clothing line, and so it was. All the women, like A.D. Bryant, like kind of, uh-huh. kind of dancing and you know twirling in her new outfit, and so most all the girls were like on the plus size, uh-huh. and so the V.O. was like, you know, you're empowered, you're in style. Everyone looks at you and sees a real woman. You're chalk. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that could take off. They, yeah. they missed an opportunity. Yeah, there. look up, look up Saturday Night Live Chonk, Chonk. on YouTube and have right. yourself a laugh. Let me see if there's a band called Chonk. What are you guessing? Mm, Is that yes. with a Q or a O N K? No. no, just C H O N K. Okay. <laughs> Chonks. Did you see who that is? No. It's Snarky Puppy. Okay. We know all those guys. <laughs> That's hilarious. They have a song called Chonks. What is that? Oh, there is an artist called Chonk right here. Okay. Everything's Chonk. everything's taken. Chonk. I know. That's why band names are terrible right now. They have. <laughs> this is some of Chonk's song names. Yellow snow cone. <laughs> Gross. Pine cone. Uh. Dry spell blues, <laughs> and golden nuggets. Okay. I think we know what kind of band they are. You want to hear it? No. no. Save it for the after dark. Chonk. Look right there. <laughs> Do you see the picture? It's a dude with a rabbit mask on. See it? Lord. I, I bet they're terrible. All right, I'll cut Chonk out. Don't worry about it. Chonk it. All right, so uh, that is song one in the books. Before we talk about... DBS Adventures. Mm-hmm. I think we should go ahead and kick down your first jam and get some momentum. Yeah, in I got this a, I got a show coming up this weekend with it, and it's going to be hot. I'll tell you about it after this jam. Um, you were very confident. I asked you when I got here if you had picked your tunes because sometimes it's a game time decision for you. Oh, it was really close. Uh, I this was. I had a couple of minute ago, but right before you got here, but I was like, no, this is the one. But the other one I've had for a while. I'm not even putting it on the list because I don't want you to see it. Okay. <laughs> Taking a chance on the second one, Dave. Taking a chance. That's always your take a chance. You might just. The last one. You really might just stand up and walk right out of here. See, I, I, I go next to last, and so I always try to bring a banger mm-hmm. for next to last because I know. Your last tune is either going to be a uh, 
pleasant surprise or a total turd? It's a, no, it's a home run. Okay. But <laughs> you might be just like, hey man, you just play another song. <laughs> All right. Well, what's first? Okay, this one. Uh, have you ever heard of a band called or a guy called Brother Tiger? No. Have you ever heard of a band called Downtime? <laughs> no. Well, which one is this? They got together. You know, I like the collab. Oh, okay. I like. Well, the... who, who's first, Bill? I think it's a downtime song that brother featuring Brother Tiger. Yeah, and I think Brother Tiger mixed it. You know, I like that stuff. I think this is the Brother Tiger mix. I know you're you're such a millennial with mm -hmm. your collabs. I know, man. I'm, I'm, dude. This is hot off the presses. This is another one that just came out tomorrow. Yeah, and it's weird. Like, she has a... I think downtime is two dudes and two dudes and a chick. <laughs> what do you always say? Dude and a chick? Chicken a dude. Chicken a dude. Chicken two dudes. <laughs> we call that an Eiffel Tower. Oh, God. Um, she's, her voice is every now and then sneaks into sort of a early Cocktoo Twins kind of thing, but also Sunday's kind of weird. It's weird. Does she does she layer it? No, not really. It, it's just more of a... You just have to listen to it. It's kind of weird. What's, what's I, I also the, need to realize, hear it a few more times to see if I really like it. What's the name of the tune? The name of the song is called Hurts Being Alive. That's true. I like to keep it up beat <laughs> that's like me every day I wake up and I try to move my knee and get out of bed it mm -hmm. just it hurts being alive I know my shoulder hurts right now I can't extend my right leg really I thought oh. you got your knees all shot up again I, well I got my my joint shot up so it's not bone on bone anymore mm-hmm but the, all the muscles and everything around it is all messed up. And so I keep on, I have like a, one of those massage guns <laughs> and I've been just bruising the hell out of my quads and my hamstrings, my calves, trying to work it all out. But now like it's the, the whatever tendons and stuff in the back of my knee, it's, it just feels like what? everything's swollen, like it's about to pop. How are you going to jump trash cans? I don't know. With that going on, you're not going to be able to pump that Kuahara. <laughs> pump that mongoose? <laughs> I'm definitely not going to stick the landing. <laughs> it reminds me. There's no way you'll get that red line on the back wheel. It reminds me, I just saw, I don't watch a ton of South Park, <laughs> uh -huh. but I happened to watch one the other day. Like right before bed, I just turned it on. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember the one. Uh, it was the episode where Mr. Garrison undergoes the sex change. Mr. Garrison, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there's just so much wild ass shit in this episode yeah. where he, uh, you know, he he's so excited to get his balls chopped off. I know that's an old one. That's yeah, from it's a long, long time. He, I remember that one. Yeah, he I get, haven't probably seen it. In, I he gets his it. balls chopped off and his penis inverted into a vagina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then he like he, you do. And then he's uh, you know going to bars and talking to other women about their periods and how you know he can't wait to use a tampon and <laughs> anyway. And so the the I'm not sure it works like that. The uh, 
the plastic surgeon that performed it used Mr. Garrison's balls in a surgery to make Kyle turn Kyle into a basketball player. So he makes Kyle tall and black. And part of the operation was inserting Mr. Garrison's balls into Kyle's knees. <laughs> and then so he gets, he's like in this, you know, McDonald's all-star game for high school kids <laughs> or, you know, whatever, under 17 basketball players. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they, you know, all the kids find out that uh, <laughs> that the surgery was purely cosmetic, and that if he tries to dunk, that the balls in his <laughs> knees will explode. <laughs> and of course, that happens, and like his legs fall off at the knees. But that's what my knee feels like. It feels I was like just there's. Just <laughs> about to say, why are we talking about? <laughs> my knee feels like there is okay. a ball. Mr. Garrison's balls. Yeah, one of Mr. Garrison's ball. testicles in my knee, and it's about to explode at any minute. Why does that make you taller? I don't know. I, I don't know. Why does anything happen on South Park? Anyway. I love it. Oh, man. All right, so Downtime featuring Brother Tiger. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of Brother Tiger? No. Oh, that's right. I this is all that. new. Yeah. Because, again, you don't listen to me. Uh, I have some uh, trivia about Brother Tiger. See, because the thing is, I found this song because I was on Brother Tiger's page. Okay. You know how I do. Yeah. But I like this of the Brother Tiger stuff. He's, you're, he's, you're just you're just in here shirt off. Yeah. Going through. You may also like. I get it. I'm just burning. It's a thousand degrees. I know. I Man, your AC is trying to keep up it's really trying i know all right so yeah you want to hear this song it's pretty good hurts being alive hurts being alive by downtown and brother tiger downtime down downtime down <laughs> here we go
I see what you're saying. That, yeah, when she kind of has the soaring lines, it does kind of get into Elizabeth Frazier. Yeah, like an Harriet early Wheeler. version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's sort of, um, it's also like a um, everything but the girl kind of thing. Yeah, I like the chimey guitar thing. Mm-hmm. They're from Denver. Really? Yeah, I think Brother Tiger is like, uh, I want to say New York, Brooklyn guy. Okay, and so he just mixed that? No, I I don't know. Or did he contribute? I think he contributed to it because it does say Brother Tiger Mix, but they're both listed on his page and their page. They're together on the song. So he, he must have done something with... It seems like he does that a lot. So how, uh, how established is Downtime? How many releases does she have? Well, it's definitely banned. It's these three. Okay, yeah. And so... Let's see. Chicken Two Dudes. Chicken Two Dudes. It looks like they kind of... Let's see the discography here. Um, oh, that's the title track of the record, huh? Hurts Being Alive? I think that might have been just the single. The EP is Good Luck. Uh, two singles. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. The album is Hurts Being Alive. Maybe they have a version of it, and then this is the... Okay. So yeah, what, that's right. But look, there's a downtown one. And then there's a, a downtime, uh, brother tiger. So when did the actual record come out? Was it this year or last year? Uh, record was 2020. Okay. This the single, I think was, it should be new. Yeah, 2022. So he, he I don't know. <laughs> I guess they couldn't do anything during COVID, and then he he put a mix on there. I don't get the, you know, the kids. Yeah. Their collabs. I don't know what's going on, Dave, but I like it. I do like it. I was I was not expecting to like it, mm-hmm. just because of the word salad of the people involved. Right. But yeah, that's good. I want you to listen to some Brother Tiger. I almost played one of his, and then but I like this better. But he did at one point an entire cover album of songs from the Big Chair. Whoa! The whole album. Really? Yeah. Like reimaginations of those or faithful? I don't know. If you look at his bio, he's this guy. Okay. He's this dude. He looks kind of like a, like the East Coast goth babe. Yeah, and it looks like, you know, he got, you know, found on MySpace like in 2009 or something. But anyway, it says right here, uh, he did a Tears to Fears cover album. Brother Tiger plays songs from the big chair. By the way, um, that Tears for Fears show. Wasn't it amazing? One of the top 10 best shows of my life, I think. Yeah, that um, I really, I hate that I missed that. He looked, uh, everyone's, um, you know, there were a lot of posts from the Dallas show. Mm -hmm. They looked so happy. Yeah. Like they were just having the best time. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Yeah. You know, it's good when band is looking like they like what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, Kurt looks the same. Mm-hmm. Roland looks insane, but great at the same time. Yeah, I'm starting. And, to, I'm starting to like his wizard look. Yeah, well, and just the fact that he is smiling and, like you said, having a great time because he was always the sour one. And looked in, he looked intense yeah. all the time, like you were just like, hey, man. I know your songs are good, but take it easy. Yeah. Anyway, not to digress too far into Tears for Fears, but... 
pretty cool uh, dude. little brother tiger tie-in to Tears for Fears. Yeah, and uh, if you were at that show or if you have caught them on tour, you know they can still bring it. That's great. All right, it's time for beer number two. This one, uh, another hand-picked, uh, added to the cooler by Josh and curated by Matt just for us. This is uh, from Bell's Brewery. Okay. Bell's is out of Michigan. You remember they had? We've had that uh, um, two-hearted ale. Yeah, the one with the trout or whatever. Yeah, that's on the, um, on the bottle. That's my buddy Bill's favorite beer from down here. Yeah, so uh, this is—I don't know if this is new, but it's a Bohemian Pilsner called Lager of the Lakes. Okay. okay. You, are you into this? Well, let's see. I like the colors. If that means anything. Yeah, it's kind of got a little bit of a baby blue. Yeah, I would. Uh, like I like the look of this can better than the two-hearted thing. Yeah, the two-hearted is an ugly can or bottle. Mm-hmm. I'm pouring this in a glass. I want to look at the golden color. Yes. I want to look at the head. Uh huh. I like to, I like to see the hue and see and worry about the terroir. Look at um, that. Yeah. Little 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 cloudy, not too cloudy. Yeah, it looks a little lighter than the last one, is it? Did you already tell me what it was again? No, I, you, okay. you did not not listen to me this time. Okay. Um, you got silver writing on light blue. Yeah, that's that's going to be impossible for me to read. Okay, it is... It looks like yep. 5%. It's Michigan. Um, yep, 5.0%. Yeah, so easy drinking. It says in Puerto Rico, do not litter. So anywhere else, anywhere, anywhere else you can litter, just not in Puerto Rico. Also, they're throwing a shelf life on here. How long do you, if you're gonna guess it? Oh, I saw it. What three months? Yeah. Is that what I said? Did, did beers always do that? Do they do they have the born on date? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen born on date. I've just never seen it actually um, spelled out as shelf life. But that's okay. That's almost like best before whatever. I, I poured it with too much of a head, so it's. I, I need a second. Hold on. It's also dumb to say that it has a shelf life of three months, but they don't say when the from sh- when when it hit the shelf. I'm looking. I like that. You know, sometimes we get, especially after you drink something strong like a like a Belgian or a stout or something, right? And then you switch to a lager. Mm-hmm. It can kind of taste like a corn cob. <laughs> right, but this one, it does have a little bit of that, like malty bite, but yep. it's not over the top. It's very refreshing. Yeah, this it'll take a second, but we're gonna sink into it. Mm-hmm. Okay, before my next jam, I wanted to, because we we have not seen each other in so long. It's been a while. I feel like, and so I wanted to get the rundown of leg one of DBS summer 2020 yeah, 2022 because we're Sorry. doing a we're doing a bunch of these shows with the mainly with sister hazel everclear wild mix yeah um, i heard i heard i saw dale the other day yeah 
and Dale said that the Sister Hazel guys were just the sweetest, peachiest dudes ever, and that the Everclear guys were L.A. douchebags. <laughs> I don't know if well, you can you know confirm what, or though, deny. Here's my thing about that. They might come off that way, but I don't know yet. When we got to... When we were in Colorado in Estes Park at the Stanley Hotel, you know, the Shining and but mainly Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so tell me the stops before you get into that. So we just, that's it. Two nights in Colorado, one night in South Dakota. Right. And so, yeah, it was at the Stanley Hotel, which is the locale for the Shining and also Dumb and Dumber. Locale the, the, for the, the writing the, of the Shining, right? Are the filming too? I don't know. I don't know. I got so many mixed stories about the Shining thing, like from everybody. Do they have the hedge maze out front? Yes. Yeah, so that's that's where supposedly he was riding and went insane. Jack Nicholson's character. Yeah, but like it said he, it said that maze installed in like two. That maybe a redo of the maze. Was I don't in know. Two, it doesn't matter. A really old hotel. Yeah. I mean, we stayed in a townhouse that the Stanley Hotel owned down the way, which uh-huh. was a good thing because there's no air conditioning at the Stanley Hotel. Oh, my God. Well, it is in South Dakota. No, it's in Colorado. Oh, I'm getting confused. Estes Park, Colorado. Oh. Two nights. I'm so I'm so insane now. And then Deadwood was like a summer festival thing. Okay, and so in Dumb and Dumber, they were saying that it was an Aspen or something, right? Yeah. But Aspen wouldn't let him film there. But when he comes up, you know, with the David Lee Roth boots and he's going up the stairs. <laughs> That's it. Or when he sees the thing. The moon landing. The moon. That thing is still there. Like okay. the bar looks exactly the same as that. So that was really in the bar. A lot of people were taking pictures by the moon landing thing. Man lands on moon. Mm-hmm. And supposedly he made that up in the thing. Like that wasn't in the. He had lived it. Like he, he just looked at it and stopped and said it. What? <laughs> Okay, so here's the story about Jim Carrey. When he got to the Stanley Hotel when they were filming, he requested the room that they wrote the Shining in. Okay. That is the it's in the movie it's the number is not the actual room. So he wanted the room. This is what the story is is that he went down went down to the front desk in his boxers. He lasted about 4 hours in there. Went down there, told him, told them he's got to get out of there, and they booked him a room like closer to downtown. And for the rest of the shooting, he wouldn't go in the hotel unless one of the scenes was being shot, and the rest of the time he stood out front. So that's the legend. That's what they said happened, and there's supposedly a bunch of people that are during the filming. So like, it really is supposed to be a haunted hotel. Yeah, but they yeah, and it and a lot of it is. The haunting stuff has nothing to do with The Shining. The hotel was supposed to be haunted the whole time. Mm-hmm. But the venue looks awesome because it's super old and weird. Yeah, what is, the venue is like, have what capacity? It was like, so the Kessler is how much? Kessler, I would guess maybe five to 700. Okay, this one's about a 500 then. Okay. But it's really old and a straight shot balcony, but maybe only a three row balcony. Mm-hmm. But one of those kind of 
stages that you can tell and then all the dressing rooms huge dressing rooms downstairs like old-timey you know back then people like had vaudeville the, exactly and there's like a drop in the stage and like uh -huh. all the real stuff so it was really cool it was a cool venue and the uh our crowd and the sister hazel crowd it fits like everyone really liked each other's okay. band, and they're uh, they're to figure out, but they're um, they definitely have they they never really stopped playing like we did, so they have a full fan base. Okay, they ne they never quote unquote broke up or took a hiatus or anything. I don't think so. I think one of the singers stopped for a little bit, and then he they're all back in it now. Okay, where are um, they from? Georgia, I think, but I think they all started out of like maybe Florida State. Okay. I think they started out of Florida school. Okay. But they're Georgia guys. But the Everclear guys, you know, they probably were on a long plane flight. It's kind of sprinkling rain the whole time we're setting up. Um, did they not play the Colorado shows? Just the. They just did the Deadwood shows. And Deadwood's one of those towns that it's like a mining town. Their big thing everywhere was that every building used to be a brothel. Okay. You know, one of those. Right. Guys finished their shift at the mine and took their <laughs> shilling and went straight to the brothel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, got their shilling on. Um, but now, a lot of casino, kind of like a lot of slot machines. Okay. Um, they went from slots to slot machines. <laughs> But there is, uh, so right in the middle of town, there's like this little park that looks like it's set up for shows and stuff, but they put up, they I threw I should have up. said slits to slots. I know. Should, uh, can we do that over? Yeah, three, two, <laughs> one. They went from slits to slots. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's that's too much, yeah. the delivery. All right, never mind. Um, so they set up this cool thing, and we lucked out. Like, we, it rained up to the, right when we started, stopped raining, Everyone came out there right when we finished, started raining. So it rained. Were you the, the sandwich band? No, we were. It was just the three. Like the night before was like uh, Hank Williams Jr. played. Uh -huh. And uh, so this is a festival, like a weekend thing. It's a weekend thing. It was for some reason. I don't know. I probably should have looked at the posters. Then. But um, it was cool. Easy peasy. But, but, it, but it rained during Sister Hazel and Everclear? We didn't get to see him. We had to roll. Because oh. we had to get people to the airport in Denver like the next morning. So we had to sleep in Wyoming. So you never even saw the Everclear dudes? They, I saw them during sound check, but there wouldn't have been a hangout time. Right. So they could but just... But you have, you have further dates with them this summer? This weekend. Okay. Which it'll be dated because by the time this comes out. So we play a casino in Oklahoma with them Saturday. And then the big Dallas show, you know, the one that all the bands are playing at Grand Prairie, whatever that venue's called. Oh, is it Texas Trust Theater now or something? I don't know. Every time I've asked somebody, no one knows what it is. I know. Called. They change the name every year. But the, the, the place by the horse track. It used to be like a Nokia. Yeah, Nokia, thing. Verizon. Verizon thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of the bands are playing that one. Uh, and then there'll be a few more after that. We play with, and then we go to the Abilene Zoo. <laughs> what? Yeah, but that's just with Sister that, Hazel and stuff. But yeah, it's that's just like a, um, that's like a Spinal Tap show. Like, are you after a puppet show? 
I know. But I guarantee you, of all of them, that will be the best one. You know it will. Uh But they're just easy-peasy shows, and, you know, I mean, can't beat it. Yeah. Pay for 40 minutes and hit the road. Yeah. What's that guarantee? Okay. Yeah, we're in. Yeah, we're in. (laughs) I mean, I'm playing the one in Norman and telling the Sister Hazel dudes, hey, man, and later, out. I think right now Everclear's doing the tour with Fastball and the Nixons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a better fit, though, for Everclear. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Not Fastball, but maybe the Nixons. Yeah. Well, that's fun. It is fun. We're just doing stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, Now it's time for my second jam. And as I said before... Took a long, long time. That I, I go for the banger. I try. This is. I know you're batting cleanup, but when you're batting third, you want to set the table for the cleanup hitter. Well, you're not taking a big chance here, Dave. No. So, because you are running uh, the audio over there, I had to tell you. Yeah. What I'm playing, but I was going to ask you. If you did not already know, I was going to set it up by saying, what is one of our favorite bands of the last 20 years that we haven't heard from in a while? And the answer to that question is Phoenix. Phoenix has not really done anything since 2017. Their last record was Te Amo. Mm-hmm. And they did do um, some music for... Uh, a film in 2020 of Identical. So Thomas Mars, the singer for Phoenix, is married to Sofia Coppola. Mm-hmm. And so she... And we played that, didn't we? Did I want to say Mike Reiner yeah, had some. Yeah, I think we did. I, we may have. Maybe an after dark of the Mike Reiner. Yeah, yeah. But so uh, there was a 2020 uh, Sofia Coppola film called On the Rocks. And I guess it, it was... Uh, was it a Bill Murray thing? I think it was. But uh, so it featured a Phoenix jam called Identical that I think we played at some point on the pod or on the After Dark. Uh, but so it's been a while. It's been two years. It's been five years since they did a proper album. They have not released a proper album, but they have released the first tune from a forthcoming record. And it is a hot jam. And it's funny, I listened to this in the car with my daughter, you know, because she is uh, now 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. And so she has, she's definitely starting to develop her own musical taste. And she's definitely into kind of bedroom pop. Yeah. She's a very, very much an indie girl. Nothing to do with me. I did not steer her in any direction. I mean, we used to listen to Kiss FM going on the way to school, but she definitely has uh, her Spotify wormholes that she goes down. Yeah, she's got a thing. And, but I, I played her this jam, and it's funny, when I play stuff for her, the way, the way I think about it in terms that she will understand, I will say, I can picture this part being a TikTok. Oh, okay. I can picture this part being a a viral TikTok Mm -hmm. thing. And it probably will be. And so there are definitely 
a couple of parts of this song that I could definitely see taking off. I don't know if they will, and I'm not saying that that's what they're aiming for, Mm -hmm. but it is a super hot jam, and it makes me very excited uh, for whatever they're going to do next. Mm -hmm. And they're actually doing a tour. Um, I, I was combing through the dates trying to figure out when and where I might be able to see them because I haven't seen them but maybe one time and it was years and years and years ago well Uh, remember the uh, this is how long they've been around remember there we kept saying the best Saturday Night Live performance was probably Phoenix yeah because usually people don't sound that great on Saturday Night Live but that was at the house you were renting from Gordon yeah that was um Gosh, what year was that? That's a long time ago. Uh, it was 09. Yeah. Yeah, so they did... Uh, it was uh, April 4th of 2009. Uh-huh. It was right after Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart came out. So they did 1901 and Listomania on Saturday Night Live. And both of them were fantastic. Yeah, and, it was banging. And their drummer was just playing out of his mind. Yeah, well, I don't even know if that same dude is in the band anymore. He was like, like Philip Thomas. I don't know. Like, I forget his name, but he's really good. Because isn't the singer like sort of like a drummer guy? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But this is good. So Pace just wandered in here. Uh huh. So never heard this song. Okay. So we're gonna get a we're gonna get a young review as well. Okay. Well, uh, this is called Alpha Zulu. It is brand brand new by Phoenix on HT Wow. Sublime, the alibi of Mona Lisa, immortalized, it got me to 
I likey. That's a hot one, isn't it? It's really good. And, you know, it's pure pop, but then they make it weird at the end. Yeah, they have that weird little guitar bendy. Jam. Yeah. Pace, what did you think of that? Um, it was kind of weird. Um, <laughs> are you, are you going to choreograph a TikTok to it tonight? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, did you like it? or? I, mean, I liked it. It's just some parts were, like, I really liked how they said hallelujah. I thought <laughs> that was really funny. The hallelujah. Ending, the ending was, was kind of weird, though. But I liked it. So. Okay, yeah. so you're giving it a two thumbs up. I'm giving it a two thumbs up, but a one out of ten, probably like an eight, nine, no, a nine. Okay, that's pretty that's good. That's solid. That's real good. That's pretty good. I'm, Man, those guys, I like how they don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Because they I mean, really they, could. They, when they know who they are, and they... I mean, they're super cool looking. If you're married to, I mean, they really could be over the top, but yeah. instead they just kind of take it easy. It's nice. They could be exhausting. Yeah. So they are kicking off their North American tour September 6th. Six. That's hard. September 6th in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, so are you saying that they're not coming to Dallas or what do you mean? They're not coming to Dallas. The closest they are coming to Dallas in uh, October 14th through 16th, they have not nailed down which day, but they are playing Austin City Limits Ugh, Festival. Beating. I know. So maybe if they play on Saturday, maybe I will go. I mean... I'm going to need an indoor venue. Yeah. Well, and so I was looking at like other dates. Like they're playing a festival. There, there's, there's a festival called the Format Festival in Bentonville, Arkansas. It has a really great lineup. It's weird, but it's uh, it's the weekend of September 23rd. Where is Bentonville? That's uh that's the um, where Walmart's headquarters. So what? The only reason Bentonville is on the map is because Walmart is a billion dollar corporation. Okay. So is he bringing them in? No, but they, I guess they're you know they're trying to foster the arts in Bentonville. It's it is kind of like a you know I guess it's like the Austin of Arkansas. Mm -hmm. What if he's just like a huge Sam? What's his name? Is Sam Walton's a huge Phoenix. He's fan. just like really into Phoenix. I'm not gonna bankroll this <laughs> format festival unless you but Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, like War on Drugs is another uh, headliner at that festival. Okay. Um. Yeah, the uh, the other date that I was looking at that my wife immediately shot down was in Nashville on September 19th. They're playing uh, Ryman Auditorium. I don't know if you've ever been there or played yeah, there. Yeah, why, why'd she shoot that down? Well, because it's a Monday and she didn't want to burn vacation and then come back on Tuesday. And That'd be a good place I to know. see him. That, uh, yeah, I really... I was looking for where can I see them because they're like they're playing Radio City in New York, but it's on the the ninth of September. So I really wanted to see them in a more intimate venue than a festival, but given my new work schedule and other schedules, child schedules, etc., 
I just don't know that I will be able to see them if not at ACL. Okay, you want me to play my next jam? Yeah, let's uh, play your next jam, and then when we come back from this jam, then we can you can ask me all the questions about the ticket. If you don't just get in your car and leave. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not leaving. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. We'll see. I will give you all the dirt. <laughs> no, I mean because of the next song I'm going to play. Oh. Just get ready. Just oh. get ready. Oh. What? Pace, don't say anything. All right. So, okay, you've, been, so. you've been packaging this, to use the radio term that you are not familiar with. Called tabling. Yes, you've been tabling this for the entire episode. Mm-hmm. You did not want me to know because you're afraid that the moment that you tell me, I am going to walk out in protest. Yeah, but sometimes in life, Dave, you just... Like, say we're... We're fans of Dua Lipa, and I don't care what anyone says. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Is this Charlie XCX? No, but... Have you listened I'm to just, that? I'm just saying, yeah. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm just saying, sometimes you just like stuff, right? Uh-huh. And I, I, and I really enjoy this. And it's been, it's been played a lot in this house. So I was like... Is it Harry Styles? Saying this life out there You got the antidote I 
so I could be sticking to you. Are you sure you didn't play Krumar on that? <laughs> I'm not sure. It, that totally sounds like you. I know. What do you? How do you feel about I've that? I've not heard that. I've heard only the radio jams from the record. Mm. I don't. I don't have a uh, a hatred of Harry Styles, contrary to your prejudice of me. I just thought that you're you'd be like, man, shouldn't we just keep it cool? <laughs> but that was pretty cool. It's really cool. You want to know how I came across this? How? James Corden. Uh huh. Carpool karaoke. Your no, favorite? No, no, he. I don't know. They're in New York. You know, they mentioned it in the song. I think they're in Brooklyn. They get out of a car and just go door to door and start knocking on doors and asking people if they could film a video. And then they end up these four girls' apartment. One girl answers, another girl comes over there because it's James Gordon and they're hiding Harry like in the hallway, like he's face up. And the guy has a really good sense of humor about the whole thing. Uh-huh. And then he's like, hey, can, can I film like a video in your apartment? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, it's for an art, like for a song. And they're like, cool. And he just grabs Harry Styles and they just lose it, right? And they tell him to get up their friends to come over. He films a whole video there in the afternoon and the video's perfect. Really? It's amazing. I can't wait to see that. But the girl, <laughs> they go into the girl's room uh, like the third, like this tall one, she has Harry Styles stuff everywhere. Oh Even God. like a Harry Potter picture with Harry Styles' face on it. And James Corden just starts collecting it. And he's like, oh my God, you're going to kill him. And she's like, I love him. Everything I have is... like She's got books and all kinds of stuff. Was so, he wearing a blouse? No, he's wearing just like a t-shirt and jeans. It's weird. He wears... You know, I've seen some of the... I guess maybe it was... Um, Coachella or whatever the most recent festival they played his thing lately is the really really high waisted pants yeah yeah the kind of suit pants that like are the like super 1940s hot. suit yeah. pants like zoot zoot kind of, what do you call them suit <laughs> zoot, suit. zoot suit yeah that's that's like a 20s thing yeah um yeah this one he's just dude in jeans and a shirt but he stays there by the end when you watch it like they bring all their friends over and there's like a party scene at the end and it's wild it's awesome we're gonna watch it later. okay i can't wait but so you don't hear the song during the whole making of the video and uh -huh. then right at the end they play the video and i was like this is good it's a really good song. that's a good song so have you listened to the entire record do you have an opinion on the entire record oh yeah i listened to the whole it's amazing <laughs> is it really good me and this one, me and the Pacer are definitely going to see Harry Styles when it comes through. Oh, man. I didn't like that last tour he did one of those... What do you think about when they do the stage in the round thing? You know, when it's like a stage in the middle and they go around... Yeah, I mean, the only one that I've ever seen like that was the Beastie Boys, and it was amazing. Well, they can do that. Yeah. Because they have so much... I don't know. I like band... At the end of the I like hall. them to be, and yeah. I want to see light show. I don't want it. I don't want to see people behind my band. I want them to yeah. be over there, and yeah, we're that all does, watching. That does limit the amount of presentation that you mm -hmm. can do. And I also think when you're just singer guy, it's just one. Like the Beastie Boys, they all three could be all over the place all the time. Yeah. If the singer person is over there, and then 
feels like they need to be back over. It just seems like a lot of work. Well, and and the, at the Beastie Boys show, the stage rotated, so like they would be so playing. So they're running, and it's rotated. Yeah, so they would be. You know, they would bust into sabotage, and then the stage would just start to rotate, and so everybody's losing their minds. God, they were so good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Harry Styles, dude. I did not think you were going to guess that before. No, because, well, because you were talking about Dua Lipa, and then you said it wasn't Charlie XCX. Mm-hmm. So he's the next one up. Yeah, he, he, I, that was the next thing that popped into my head of what is the most pop thing in the world and it's brand new it's brand that's new. brand new that toby would <laughs> go they them over <laughs> and that was it that's it you should listen to the record yeah i mean there's I, of course like two or three songs that you're like we don't need this one but whatever but also yeah. his songs are really short yeah of- i i i really don't even know of the singles that i've heard on kiss fm with mm-hmm. with my kid in the car. I don't like the one that was from I, I, the, the watermelon sugar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I yeah, so I know that one. And there's like another one that I know. But I don't know I don't know the rest of the record. I've never listened to it. So I need to I need to check it out. No, I think I don't know, Pace. Something Watermelon ab- Sugar. Hi. I don't know. I just don't like it that much. Yeah. Okay, you can talk about it on your pod. Yeah. I like things off of that record, but for some reason. I don't know why that one was the tune that everyone liked so much. That's a good tune. Oh, you're talking about Watermelon Sugar. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was because it was the first one out of the gate. Maybe. Anyway, new record's good. Check it out. It's called... um, No, it's... Harry's House. Harry's House. That's right. Yeah. It's kind of like Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling. Like Mm -hmm. he's he's standing on the ceiling and he's like, what am I doing on the ceiling? How am I? Wait, am I on the ceiling or is the ceiling on the floor? Crazy man. <laughs> wow, bro. Anyway, all right, Dave. Let's uh, let's get into why we're really here. Yeah. I mean, secret behind the scenes. Why this is probably the last HTWOW broadcast. No. Oh. I am happy to announce that HTWOW is not affected at all by my new employment at the ticket you're sure yes that was my number one demand i slammed my fist on the table <laughs> and i said i will not stop doing htwow with toby well what's going on dave you you have news yeah so well i mean in a nutshell everybody who is a p1 knows but if you do not listen to the ticket if you don't live in dallas if you don't know who i am outside of this pod uh i have been a long time uh, fill-in host at the ticket. I have a long history with the ticket, the sports radio station in Dallas. Um, it was my first job out of college. I worked on the hard line in the late 90s. I did a Saturday show with Gordon. I did a Saturday show with Danny. Um, so I've, I've been around the ticket for a long time, and I never really thought that I would ever get back on a full-time basis, but things just kind of happened and two members of the station left in quick succession first my old orphanage co-host danny Mm -hmm. after a 25 year run as producer of the hardline yeah decided that he just didn't want to do it anymore and you know i don't want to speak for him 
We'll let him. He's he's due to come on here. He's yeah. supposed to. I mean, so may, uh, maybe he can be our our fifth anniversary guest. Fifth. Yep. Maybe that's. Uh, maybe. But you know, he he is. He's been on uh, Ryan's podcast. He's been on uh, Gordon's Twitch. I'm sure he's explained it he, all. He's but. you know he talked about it at length on the hard line. Uh, that he just he was burned out. He. After Mike Reiner left two years ago, it was never the same for him. He also kind of felt like he got stiffed in that change, that he should have been recognized for his contributions, and he wasn't. And, I get uh, all that. Yeah, it's, and, and, it's, it's a it's a weird business. Because it is a weird business, and it's because it's not upper management, they have to. I mean, someone's doing a good. They want them to stay where they are because that's Danny was really good at that. Yeah. So being producer was they needed they were probably doing whatever they could to keep him there. Yeah, and I, I think they made him an offer that he refused mm-hmm. because it just wasn't good enough. Right. Um and same thing with Mike Soroy, who uh, like within a week and a half of Danny announcing that he was leaving, Mike Soroy announced that he was quitting as well. He was the producer of the uh, midday show, the Normandy Invasion, with mm-hmm. uh, Norm Hitzkiss and Donovan Lewis. The Danny one was not a surprise for me. The Mike Soroy thing was a crazy surprise. Yeah, I was not. He he never seemed to be leaning that way in any way. Yeah, I think he. I mean, really, the way I described it to someone is that both Danny and Mike reached the end of their rope at the exact same time. That. They were trapped by the producer tag. They, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're a producer, you want to move up, you want to be a show host. But when you are already an employee of the station, and you have the title of producer and good at what you do, yeah, then you you don't have any leverage, and they have no reason to move you up. You're already on the air. Yeah, you're already on the air. Why do they want to change your title and pay you more when they can get the same thing? Like Danny said. Getting a, a large pizza for a medium price. Right. Well, the main thing, the start of it, I think, was Julie. Like, I think the station really needs Julie. Yeah. I mean, she is really funny. Yeah. And she's a girl. The station needs girl. Yeah. You know, and how cool is it that there's a girl that knows everything about hockey and she has an inside thing with the stars? It. I don't know. Yeah. To me, that was the start of it. When she cruised, just... Because she wasn't going to Yeah, take I mean, it. I think the first domino was Mike Reiner leaving because that set so many things in motion. Yeah. Bob moving and breaking up the midday show and all of that. And then, yes, the next kind of touch point was Julie deciding that what she was being paid to be a midday ticker person was not enough. For her to for, be away from for her, her kids. to be away from her kids, yeah. for her to have to pay for childcare yeah. and miss all these moments with her kids. It was probably just even breaking even on that. Yeah. She was like, "Well, if I'm just spending my money, I'm getting paid for someone to be with my kids. I would rather be with you yeah. know." Yeah. It all makes sense, but it's also like it stinks. But this is they needed to do this. This is like I'm really happy for you because this needed this. Everyone has wanted this for a long time, but I really think the station needed this. Well, from my perspective, I like I said, I never thought it would ever happen. And the only reason that it happened is because 
two guys who are my good friends decided to leave at the exact same time mm -hmm. because the ticket suddenly had this PR nightmare of two very popular personalities leaving in the course of two weeks. They needed to do something. Mm -hmm. And so, I, you know, when I heard from Danny or when I, I guess uh, when it was, there was an internal memo. Right. There was an internal memo that went out that announced Danny's departure. And it was maybe a week before he announced it on the air because he announced it, I think, on a Wednesday and then Friday was his last day. Um, and so after the internal memo went out, I reached out to Danny. I texted him and just wanted to see if he was okay and where his head was at. Like if he was like really bitter or like really at peace with this. And yeah. I still haven't sent him anything. Cause I, I don't know. I just kind of want to stay out of his way for a bit. Yeah. Well we, you know, and we, there was a big going away party this past weekend for Mike and Danny. And afterwards, Marissa said that that's the happiest I've seen Danny in a long time. Uh huh. That he just looked like, you know, a, a ten thousand pound weight was lifted off his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, it's every day, yeah. all day. Like, even though they're only there from three to, you know, producer, they book all the stuff and do everything. It's it's a thing. I mean, yeah. it never ends. So I texted him when I found out, and I was not fishing for information. I really did not have any interest in replacing Danny because you know I'm about to turn 50. I don't I don't want to be a producer. I don't need to be a producer. There uh, Mino, David Mino who got the producer job mm -hmm. deserves it. Yeah, it was I, his I, time. I, I didn't want to cock block Mino. I and he's been sitting next to Danny forever. He knows exactly what to do. Yeah, he's been running the board and it's his time. Mm -hmm. And so you know, I I told my wife that I I was like I don't I don't really want to be involved in this whole thing because that position is not what I'm interested in. And she advised me, well, just wait and see and just see how it shakes out. And so, you know, I just basically just took a, a wait and see attitude. I didn't reach out to anyone other than Danny. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, and Danny asked me, like, are you interested? And I just, I brushed it aside. I said, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not reaching out. I'm not talking to anybody. Well, then week later, I get an email from Kat that says, hey, do you want to uh, have a meeting and discuss the opening? And so based on my wife's advice, I said, yeah, well, we can at least talk. Then after that, then I heard from Corby and he gave me the hard sell. Mm -hmm. I talked to Gordon. I talked to Saroy. I learned about Saroy's plans. I talked to Bob, learned that Bob was on board. And basically what I told Corby and Bob before I went to go talk to Kat was, you know, I would love to work with you guys, but I am not interested in being a producer. I will try and sell Kat on bringing me on as a third host and elevating Mino or bringing somebody in to be producer, mm -hmm. but I don't see how the math works and I don't see that ever happening. So I think it's kind of a moot point. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I, I'm going to at least bring up the idea, mm -hmm. but I have like a 5% belief that it will ever happen. Well, Corby's thing the whole time, wasn't it? That he 
wants to be on a show with three hosts. That's how he started. That's how it goes. Yeah. And I mean, that's been the ticket formula because the Musers still are a three-man show. Yeah, it, it just Middays, works better for him. Middays were Bob, Dan, and Donovan. And it's just not all on each other. It's just... You need the three. Yeah, Corby was the third man with Mike and Greg. Yeah, it's, every now and then, it can't always be up to just one person to bring the funny. Yeah. Or to be the sports guy, or to be the whatever, because then it's just, well, then now I'm always having to yeah. be this and, guy. And, and even Bob, you know, because a lot of people think of Bob as the, uh, you know, the big sports brain and the guy who only wants to talk sports and doesn't want to have fun. He does have fun. He has a... And I don't when see I, it like you know, When I talk to him... But yeah, but there are people that believe that. I totally get it, yeah. And when I talk to him, you know, and I brought up this idea, he immediately latched onto it and he said that the thing that he loved best about bad radio and the thing that he missed on the previous or I guess the current edition of The Hardline was... There wasn't enough fun, and it what it wasn't a bunch of guys sitting around talking. It mm-hmm. didn't feel it like didn't a have group the, of dudes. It, it didn't have the natural flow, the natural personality that is inherent in the ticket's DNA. Like a Dan, Donnie, Bob thing. Yeah, and it, and it's not because of the limitations of any one person. It's just that the chemistry wasn't right, and it never meshed. And I'm not saying that it will with me. But at least it's something different to try, right? And everybody everybody is on board. Everybody is willing to try. And from the most part, I think P1s are willing to try. While they're bitter about leave, uh, losing Danny, Danny and Mike, and Mike mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not like it's a fair trade because you're losing two really popular guys and you're getting a marginally popular guy. And so I don't know... I. Part of the equation is that they eliminated midday tickers because... Um, I did not notice that. Is yeah, that really going on? Um, Ringenberg is doing Musers and Norman D, and then Ty is doing uh, Hang Zone and the Hardline. Right. So they eliminated a, a, a position and a salary there. So I don't know how, I don't know how the math all works. I think they probably had to squeeze corporate for a few extra dollars sure. to make everything work with all of the shuffling that they did. Yeah, but when you win the Marconi every freaking year... Yeah, when you're I the mean, bell you cow can, of the, in, of the entire network, then you should be able to uh, you know, make a, a request for uh, a few extra dollars. So, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I hate the way it happened... There needed to be a, a bit of a shakeup there a little bit. Yeah, it well, was and, kind and of getting a little. It needed to happen. Yeah, well, in the way that it was done, every every show there was a shakeup. You know, Sean moved from morning tickers to yeah. Normandy producer. Um, you know, they they changed out the ticker positions. They uh, elevated Mino. They elevated Matt Birmingham. So you have new blood on every show. Who's doing Saroy's thing? Sean Bass. Okay, that's right. So that's you have right. you have new blood on every show, and you have younger, hungry people that have been added to every show that are in a new capacity. 
and want to shine, want to prove themselves, mm -hmm. want to make the ticket better. So not to say that there was complacency or stagnation, but it is just going to be a jolt of energy. And like you said, it, it sometimes an institution like the ticket needs a little bit of a shakeup yeah. to stay fresh. I don't, I don't know if I answered, um, I mean, hopefully I answered all your questions. I don't know if I answered all the P1's questions, but... Let's take I, some I, calls. Know, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to uh, be as transparent as I can without speaking for anyone else and without talking about literal financials. Yeah, stuff we don't know about. Yeah. But circling back to the beginning of this whole thing, that... This so, is our last show? No. So I, I, I really did... I had I had two things when I met with Cat. I said I, I don't want to be a producer, and I don't want to quit doing HTWOW. Did he even know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> Did he go? What's an HTWOW? I'm just like, don't worry about it. No, I mean I don't think I said HTWOW right off the bat, but I was mm -hmm. like, I don't want to stop doing anything that I'm doing because I have I have. I have a lot, uh, you know, it's the gig economy. I have a lot of irons in the fire. I do a lot of different things. While the ticket will be my creative uh, focus and the thing that I most look forward to, I have to make sure that I have enough time and energy to devote to mm -hmm. other things as well. And I made sure that they were cool with that and they said they were, so. It'll make the ticket thing better that you're not solely relying on the you know what i mean it's it's uh it's really like you're doing it for fun even yeah. though you're getting paid but still it you're, really you're it, really doing it it for really fun. is it, it's something that i've dreamt of for i mean i used to call radio shows when i was in middle school mm -hmm. i used to dream about being on the radio and so it is a dream come true and it is you know i going back to the rant farm system I've I've worked with Corby off and on for many many years and it's going to be fun to be able to work with him again and it's going to be fun to forge a, a relationship with Bob and and figure out how far I can push him. Yeah, I bet I bet Bob is really looking forward to it. I bet he is. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be a load off both of them. Yeah, they both are looking forward to having another face to look at mm -hmm. and another voice to contribute. So That is a shock jock. Yeah, which we'll, is we'll what see. you are. I, I mean, you're a shock job. I, I could, we could be here a year from now, and I could be talking about how it didn't work out at all, and I mm -hmm. got fired, and it's a good thing that uh, I made sure I could keep doing H2O because <laughs> it's the only thing I have left. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But it's gonna be a great adventure. It's a great adventure. It's a fine line. Yeah. Um. Well, play us out, bro. Are you ready to play some NXS? Yeah. By the way, don't forget, you can win a copy of Shibu Shab Shuba? Shibu Shaba? I say Shabu Shaba. Yeah. I think, the, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You can win a copy of it by going to positivespin.com, positive with a Z, and entering an email address. And, uh, you know, you have a, a, a better chance of winning that than I initially thought that I had of getting a job at the ticket. Shabu shaba. Shabu shaba. Shabu shaba. That's almost more of like a Laverne and Shirley thing. Shabu shaba. Shabu shaba. We're gonna do it. Go.
Golly, I love that song. Um, I don't know that we'll talk anymore about Ticket on the After Dark, because I think we covered it all. But uh, if you want to subscribe to the After Dark, it's as little as $5 a month. And uh, you can sign up at uh, oldwaver.com and clicking on premium. Or uh, Do you want to- me to play the song while you're saying all this? Yeah, I was like, uh, go ahead and crank it up. I hit it with my thumb like four times and it's not starting. <laughs> Yeah, go to oldwaver.com and click on premium or go to patreon.com and search HTL. We're holding steady in the 60s. We got like 64, 65 patrons. We, uh, we need to jump some cans. I know. We're still... Uh, You're on the ticket now. We can bump this I thing know. up to 100. Let's go. Yeah, if we reach 100 patrons, then I am going to get on a mongoose and jump... Toby's trash cans off of a homemade ramp. Yeah. Could you imagine going in that, the day after that? And then the testicle in my knee is going to explode. It's just going to be like, what happened to you? And you're like, jump some trash cans. What does your face look like? Oatmeal. Stupid thing that we did. And my knee ball busted. Yeah, so let's all make that happen. <laughs> Mr. Garrison's knee ball. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if this was your first time checking out HQL, uh, we hope to have you back. I don't know. I'm going to make it all sound better. Yeah. Cut out all of the horrible things, the horrible stammers, and drunken flubs that I made. And uh, let's pretend that I'm a professional broadcaster because as of next week, I will be. I know you will actually be a professional broadcaster. Can you believe it? Awesome. Man, this saxophone player is underrated, isn't he? Is he a full-time member of the band? Yeah, he was the red-headed guy. Okay. With the glasses. He also played guitar. Okay, okay. There was the main guitar player that looks like... Could be the dude in 1975, but he's uh, a lot older. Um, you remember that guy's look? Could have been in like an all notes. Okay, yeah. Kirk Pengilly. Yeah. Rhythm guitar, lead guitar, saxophone, back vocals. Mm-hmm. weird like the timeline of band members like Michael Hutchins his line ends in like 1995 so terrible what happened there I know what happened other singers that they tried to run in there after Michael Hutchins. No, I don't know the names. John Stevens Mm-mm. from like 90 or from like 2000, 2004. 
then JD Fortune from 2004 to 2011, and then Claren Gribben from 2011 to 2013, and then that's when they finally gave it up. I think some singers can. You can throw someone in there. You're not replacing that dude. No. He is. Not only his presence, but his pipes. He's what I think Jim Morrison was trying to be, but he wasn't good looking (laughs) enough. And Michael Hutch, he is that guy. Yeah. So, you know. R.I.P., bro. R.I.P. R.I.P. All right. Well, uh, see you next month. Good luck next week, Dave, on your. Dang. And uh, make plans are, to join us in August. Are you going to have to start watching a lot of baseball and stuff? Oh, God, I hope not. 